And hello and welcome everyone to the Comic Multiverse, where the worlds of nerd meet. Matt, we took a week off last week because I wasn't certain if I could see mm-hmm. uh, the new Guardians movie when it came out. Uh, I didn't. I finally did get a chance to see it. And man, let, let me tell you, seeing movies uh, like a week late is great. It's just empty. Uh, mostly empty or like just the people who liked it so much they came back a second time and man let me tell you everyone was quiet and respectful and I didn't have to fight for seats and I was actually allowed to get popcorn it was nice 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 that's that's good I saw it like I think the weekend it came out uh, was it packed it, it was but like I I went to like a uh I went to the quote-unquote gold class uh because oh. I had like some I had like some gift cards that I could use for that um but it was funny because like we waited and waited and waited to go in. And apparently there was like some big problem or something. And like we mm. got in and like the three, two seats like down in front of us had like been completely like pulled apart. Oh no. But, but like what not happened? in the way that like, oh, we had to have someone come in and like take them apart. But like, look like someone had like literally gone at them with like a knife or something. Like Jesus just completely Christ. ripped apart. I have no idea what the hell went on, but yeah, it, through the whole movie, I'm like, what the fuck is going on with these seats? What's going on? Is is this a common thing in Australian theaters? No. Ah, a wallaby got in. <laughs> and the worst thing is it smelled like a dentist office as well. Like, like they'd use, really? like, cleaning products. So, like, something had happened. <laughs> oh, that's a mystery I need solved. Hey, everyone, I know, if yeah. you're out there <laughs> and know the answer to that question, please let us know in the comment section before the end of the show. <laughs> Man, I I wish I could get like advanced tickets. I wish I could get fancy screens. But again, I live in such a shitty small northern mm-hmm. town. My my theater is probably the last theater in the world where you can't pre-order tickets. You need to actually show up and do it because oh, really? they do not. Oh yeah, they do not have the technology at this place, and it's owned by old people. They don't have uh, the means uh, for any of it. Oh, that sucks. Yeah. Again, you know, there is like a nice bit of equalization from it too, though, because like I said, if you show up early enough, you will get tickets for like the big shows, but you might also be, you know, jammed shoulder to shoulder. <laughs> you should offer to like set up like a, a ticketing system for them and be like, yeah, in exchange, well, yeah. I just want like free tickets for life. <laughs> yes, I want to see every goddamn big nerd movie for work. <laughs> Actually, you know what? That, I wouldn't want free tickets because it's one of the few things I know for certain I can write off on my taxes all the time. Yeah, that's true. That's true. In fact, I'm always sure to invite other people to be like, yeah, I can write off uh, your ticket too. your staff. You were taking notes for me. <laughs> there you go. So a $15 ticket turns into a $50 ticket. <laughs> Just keep inviting people. But uh, yeah, my week was pretty solid there. I took a note from your playbook and I've been working my way through Jedi Survivor. Man, what a sequel. It, it, it improves on literally everything. everything. Yeah. Makes it all so much better. I love the customization in it. I, I, I've probably made the game go that much longer because I'm fiending for every color pack and every <laughs> outfit, <laughs> and I'm <laughs> mixing and matching, and I'm changing my blaster and my robot and my lightsaber, and I'm like, none of this does anything for stats. None of this no, does a damn no. thing, but I can't stop doing it. Yeah, because it's just so much fun. If it was with stats, it wouldn't be as fun. No, no, it wouldn't if you had to worry about stats. It can just be pure pure fashion and i'm all about it yeah it's it, it's fantastic and so the story is great as well 
really solid story. Good, good sequel story, because, you know, the first one was all about Cal and his crew just trying to survive. Mm -hmm. This one is just about them trying to find their place in the universe. And, and the theme of home keeps mm -hmm. coming back again. Will we ever be able to find a place we can call home? Yeah, yeah. And yeah, that, that's like, like a big plot point in it, in that they might have found a place. <laughs> and something that, it, 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 at least something that, like, I, I'm interested to see if we're going to see more of that elsewhere in in like in like movies tv shows comics mm. or something because like Cal seems like a type of person you'd want to get in like one of those mainly because he's, he's played, already an actor he's already he's cameron monaghan he's already an actual actor already you know very uh, well established now i know a lot of people have been saying that and saying they want more Cal and other stuff i know they got a book that bridges the gap between the first and second game mm. and that's cool part of me though is like no Cal should be the video game jedi he should be the mm. one that like every time there's a video game it should be cal not that i think he cheapens the other stuff i just like the idea of keeping his stories and his adventures solely video game centric to where mm. i as the player am in control of him that's a good point yeah because you figure like once they start crossing the streams and they're like oh well we can't do that in a game now because we technically did it in a cartoon <laughs> or in a movie or something yeah yeah that's true that's true then you start uh, crossing the streams a little bit on that. But yeah, I I'm all about it. Love all the bosses. Love how crazy the traversal gets once you get, like, Force Dash and all the different mm. grappling hook upgrades. And I'm like, man, this is... I'm getting a little sweaty at points. It's like, oh, I, I got a wall run. I got a grapple. I got a grind. Yeah. I got to do this. Yeah, I I'm sure you you've already done... You've done that part on Jeddah with uh, Merrin oh, where, yes. where you get, like, the teleporter and you fight, like, the Clone Wars, the Separatist uh, Trident. Yeah, oh, that's freaking crazy. Uh, I love the little mini game of, like, the little battle chest there where all the creatures you scan you get to play within a board game. Yeah, yeah, the Hollow Tactics, yeah. That's fucking great. I'm like, man, I never got into Gwent. I never got into any of those other, like, triple triad side games. I'm so into this. I, I'm into it just because it, it's purely based on RNG, which means it's all oh, God, it's yeah. all random. So, like, no matter, like, even if there is, like, guides or something, they're not always 100% accurate. It's just literally, like, I'll do what I can to, like, figure it out. Like, just do whatever yep. you want. A good way to blow through most of them is put two droidicas in front yes. to block your other guys, and then yes. you're good. Or, or like the the big uh, the big like dark trooper. Yeah, that too. That also helps, yeah. though not always, because then you'll get to some later ones where it's like, oh, here's a fucking rancor, here's a fucking you know <laughs> vile maw, and I'm like, oh goddamn, this is just gonna eat through all my regular soldiers. So I guess I gotta have my own big monster to throw in. <laughs> One one rancor coming up there, which goddamn, I I love how accurate they are with the rancor fights. I pulled out my goddamn hair fighting them. <laughs> did you did you find the little Easter egg where you can force push a bone into its mouth like Luke did in Return of the Jedi? Oh, is that what that was? I found the bone only after I yeah. beat him. You could actually yeah, you could oh. pick it up with a force and th force push it into its mouth. <laughs> Oh, that's great attention to detail, because you fight, like, one as part of a side mission, then later, if you're fucking around under yeah. uh, Koba, which there is so yes, much under Koba. So much, yeah. You can just run into a legendary rank, where <laughs> I'm like, oh my god, why is this here? Yeah, there's the, 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 the Ogobogos are back, the, the frog monsters. Oh, if I, if you not... kill the legendary one, you get your ponchos back. <laughs> I have not found that yet. I can't believe that. I haven't stumbled across that on Kobo yet. I, I think I'm going to try and find that tonight because, yeah, I'd like my ponchos back. <laughs> Which I love the idea that, like, Grease and everyone else just got rid of his ponchos. They, like, threw it they off threw the it ship it. and he found yeah. them later. <laughs> 
Hey, my poncho, Billy Beer. I haven't drank this in years. Uh, that's my favorite thing about Cal, too, where he's just this total, like, GED Jedi, where it's like, well, I guess we got to knight you in the field because there's really no one else that we know of. So I guess you, yeah. you went through most of the training. So, all right, you're, you're knighted. Yeah, you're all right. <laughs> Which, hey, is more than Ezra Kanan and Ahsoka can say. He actually earned the title of Knight. That's very true. That's very true. Which means if he wants, I guess maybe for the third game, he can actually attain the rank of Master. I guess that's where they take it for the third one. Yeah, I I, I don't know where they're going to take it for that third one. I I, I can't remember whether it, it's hinted at, at where you're at yet, but I don't want to get in spoilers, but there's like hints that like, oh, maybe you'll tap into the dark side a little bit more. Mm. Yeah, they kind of did that with him and Seer that they were tempted. I'm actually shocked out of all the systems in this game that they don't have like a karma system where you can unlock some mm. dark side skills. Uh, you do unlock some dark side stuff a little later on. Oh, okay. Because yeah. like everyone like I know, it's like, oh, you have a blaster now. You can fight at range. Mm, it's not Sith lightning, though. <laughs> That's the ultimate ranged build when I can start shooting lightning out of my fingertips. <laughs> That's what I want. Also, what do you think the third one's going to be called? Because we had Fallen Order, because, you know, the Order fell, Jedi Survivor, you are a Jedi Survivor making it out in the universe. What do they call the third one? Jedi Master, Jedi's doing good? Hmm. Jedi's Day Out? Because, like, how do you name that naming convention? Maybe they just call it Jedi. That works. That's a weird naming convention. You take, uh, you take well, words well, off. Well, he's... He's not a survivor anymore. He is just a Jedi. Jedi thriving. Jedi thriving, <laughs> hydrated, and in his lane. <laughs> Jedi doing good. Yeah. Well, we could talk about Star Wars forever, but I promise everyone we do actually have news. In fact, we have more news this week because we took a week off. And be sure to stick around for the second half of the show because we will be talking about Guardians of the Galaxy. I'm sure Matt yes. and I have a lot to say because there's a lot to talk about in that one. Oh, is there ever? There's a lot to dissect, but uh, without further ado, I guess we will hop into our news this week. Uh, unless you had anything else to add, Matt, I know I dominated that conversation. <laughs> no, really, I, I've been playing Jedi, so I've been playing Tears of the Kingdom as well. I'm only a little nice. bit into Tears of the Kingdom, but it's, it's, it's so I've been having more fun watching people come up with random oh, inventions know, right? and everything uh, than I have been actually playing it. <laughs> Oh, I know. The things I've seen are out of this gut. I, I never finished the last Zelda because I'm pretty sure, uh, what is it, playing it on, like, the standard Switch controller was no good to where I'm like, okay, I guess I'll need, like, an actual controller yeah. to make you it got, you got to get you got to get, like, a, like a, a, like pro, a, a yeah. pro controller or something. Yeah. Which I never did, so I never finished that one. I'm like, oh, I should really go back and finish that before Tears of the Kingdom came out. And then, like you said, I'm watching everyone else play it, and I'm watching guys make, like, stick men with flaming penises. Yeah. And, yeah yeah i saw someone someone pieces. made like a trojan horse and 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 people are making like bombers and actually having them drop bombs on high level enemies and oh oh my god it's so good <laughs> this is this is like credit that nintendo never gets nintendo will see that people like something and they're like oh you you used our physics engine to make stuff in that last zelda game would you would you like a whole game that's just that? Because yeah. we can do that. Yeah, they saw all those clips of people like cheesing like the uh mm. the shrines and everything with like the 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 um the time turner thing in, in mm. the Sheikah Slate and everything. Like, oh well, well just make that an actual element of the game. Yeah, that's just the game now, to where I'm like, wow, way to reward player creativity. Yeah, yeah. I love it. You gotta love it. <laughs> it's good. 
Now, uh, I guess the biggest piece of news, not only just in our world, Matt, but kind of across all entertainment, uh, we are currently in the second or third week now of the Writers Guild of America strike, which is big, important news because this affects basically every nerdy superhero mm -hmm. comic book project that we've been watching from show or movie. They are all on a hold now, which means release times and timetables are definitely about to change. And you know what? Hey, this was long due. You know, I yes. think we're a show that supports the Writers Guild of America and their right to strike. I think this was long overdue. Hell, Matt, you and I are old enough. We can remember the 2007 strike. Yes, and I, I remember everything that happened and were the re repercussions of that. Heroes oh, yes. fucking sucked. Lost yep. fucking sucked. Uh, yep. Transformers 2 happened. A lot of shows never recovered. Hell, uh, Breaking Bad... Uh, what is it? It's its first season is only like a couple episodes yes. because the writer's strike happened right after. Yeah, it's, it's like six episodes or something. Yeah, it's really short. And like it ends with them uh, meeting Tuco in that scrapyard. And then it picks up there like a couple years later when the writer's strike ended. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> But yeah, obviously this was a long time coming if you follow the industry scuttlebutt and everything. The, the the major companies, the big studios are like, well, you know, now now isn't the time to talk about streaming residuals, just like they said. Well, now is not the time to talk about DVD sales or internet sales or anything like that. They'll always put it off as long as they can. Yeah. And that's really what they're after now. Hey, all television is streaming now. All the biggest shows are on all these huge streaming services. We as writers deserve a cut of this. We also deserve better uh, run, better constructed, better put together writers' rooms. Shit, mm -hmm. I'm learning stuff now about how some of my favorite shows were made, and it's breaking my heart. Uh, Rebels, which I'm rewatching because mm -hmm. the Ahsoka show is in a couple months. Apparently, they only had two days in the writers' room. Then they were all sent back home without pay to break episodes, yep. which naturally you can't write a goddamn show like that. It led to tons of inconsistency. So the fact that the mm -hmm. show ended up as good as it did is nothing short of a miracle when we stop and consider how completely mistreated the writers were i know right yeah yeah so it's definitely been a long time coming uh i'm, I'm fully supportive of this i i i think it's good that they're they're finally striking because it's also going to give them time to sort things out yes uh in, in turn especially for um marvel yeah, absolutely. And also, too, hey, you know, happy writers, well taken care of writers, do better work. So, like, <laughs> literally, it's good for everyone. Striking in general is good. More industries should do it. I know a couple comic writers were just joking there. It's like, hey, when do we strike? <laughs> and I'm like, hey, comic writers, don't make sure the companies don't hear you because, like, we'll fucking replace you all in an instant. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's well, the big well, thing. <laughs> We'll, re we'll, we'll replace you all with chat GPT so oh, fucking no. fast. Oh, no. That's, and that's another reason, too, that's spurring on this writer strike, too, is that a lot of the <laughs> major companies are like, could could we do that? C could we get away with cutting back <laughs> your jobs and just letting machines write your scripts? And they're like, no, obviously not. <laughs> yeah, I saw something where they were saying they were going to produce scripts with the AI and then have yes. people rewrite like, them. Re yeah. Them punch them up and re which i'm like just pay a writer to do that yeah that's the sickest grossest shit i've ever heard that is yeah. total terminator cyberpunk run amok that's that that's a joke in cyberpunk uh 2099 where they're like oh and the first artificial intelligence to write a best-selling book received its honor today mm -hmm, mm -hmm. 
yeah, that's that's the that, that's a joke. That is a joke that's supposed to show like how fucked up the world could become, and the major studios are like, but yeah. we'll save so much money that way. Yeah, it it it's really fucked up. It's fucked up. It's gross. I hope it doesn't happen. I hope the Writers Guild get everything they want in this deal, and I hope that they are uh, fairly treated. And also, too, I hope they keep tweeting those funny signs because, yeah, you <laughs> you, you don't want to go to war with professional writers because no. their signs their signs are going to be funny and well researched and good reference. I've seen so many great ones. What was the first one I saw that made me laugh? Where they're like, "We're not asking for much. We're asking less than a Fox lawsuit settlement." Yeah, yeah. We just want one yacht's worth of of, of money. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We just want one yacht's worth. There's just so so many amazing signs that they've been doing, and so many uh, great writers and creators and actors who are actually coming out on the side of them, mm-hmm. which is great. Now, uh, Henry Gilroy, of course, from Andor and Star Wars fame, he famously uh, just recently, just a couple days ago, I think, came out inside of the uh, writers, which I like. Yep, well, I think both Gilroy's are, and I, they've stopped right because Andor's being Andor season two is happening at the moment, and they've stopped uh, writers the writers' room on that show, and I think he's I think uh, Tony Gilroy stopped um, producing on that film because I think the producers' guild is also striking. Yeah. Yeah, or, or they're doing it in solidarity or something. In solidarity. That's usually yeah. how it works, as if one strike uh, gathers steam, then, yeah, more people strike in solidarity. Yeah. But, yeah, that means uh, anything that isn't already done and edited and set in stone, you're probably not going to see when they say you're going to see it. Yes, yes. Now, it's not all bad because that also means, you know, networks and studios, sometimes they'll get really desperate with mid-season replacements and you'll see shows that they never intended to see the light of day. But you're going to be like, oh, that was really good. What What do you mean they just had this sitting in a vault collecting fucking mm. dust? Yes, that's a good that's a good question. Yeah, what's going to come out uh thanks to this? <laughs> because they got to release something. Yes. And sometimes they'll surprise you with what they release cuz yeah, lots of studios, lots of TV companies, they will produce stuff, they will film it, edit it, and they will sit on it and the actors, the writers, no one involves ever know if it's actually ever going to come out. Mm-hmm. Hell, if you were some of these studios, I bet you wish you didn't, uh, what is it, cancel a bunch of stuff and delete it to take a tax write-off, because boy, I bet you would love to release some of that now. What was that show that uh, uh, Marvel did? I think they got, I think they, they might have just did the pilot. It was the one with Squirrel Girl. Mm. Which one was that? Oh, Great Lakes Avengers or something? It wasn't great, like, it was something like Secret Warriors or something, something like that. But, like, I wouldn't be surprised. Maybe we'll see something like that. There's a good chance. Hey, uh, friggin' AMC there, I bet you wish you didn't take a tax write-up on Pantheon Season 2 when they were already working on it. It was already fucking done by the sounds of it. Goddamn. But, uh, yeah, there's... There's a little update, uh, everyone. Uh, the Screen Actor, or the, yeah, the Writers Guild of America strike, it's going to be affecting everything that we know, but it might not be a bad thing. In fact, it's certainly not a bad thing because, hey, better taking care of writers, write better things, and it also is going to force the studios to maybe release some stuff that they weren't going to release. Yes, yes. Uh, I'm all for this strike, and I'm hoping that they get what they need. Yes, yes. Power to all of our friends who are writers. And I know many of our fans and followers are writers, actually, so that yes. certainly helps. Yes. Uh, and speaking of writers, uh, some new comic book stuff coming down the pipeline. They announced a bunch 
of new books, actually, from both Marvel and DC, and some of these are genuinely quite surprising. They are, yes. Uh, first up from Dan Waters, we got Action Comics Presents Doomsday Special Number 1. This is going to be a Doomsday versus Supergirl story, but also Martian Manhunter story, which I don't know if they fully announced it, but this has to be a continuation of that weird one-off in Lazarus Planet where Martian Manhunter fought Doomsday again. I mean, maybe, but that, that, but that story had a beginning, middle, and end, though. It did, but isn't they put Doomsday's like soul in a soul crystal, right? They're like, boy, I hope no they one did. gets this. They did, they did. So, and, and I mean, he is. Uh, the The idea is that Doomsday becomes leader of hell, or he goes to hell, or something. Uh huh. Like Jason before him. Yeah. Yes. So it's pretty interesting. I mean, uh, at least Dan Jurgens isn't writing it because every time he's gone back to that well of it's of always. doomsday it's always been the same very like <laughs> set in the 90s not like with the times or anything it's always the same uh sort of set of events over and over again even even in freaking the new 52 there when everyone was looking yeah. superman and uh action comics at that time that f the first arc i think it was like uh what is it eradicator 2 then <laughs> after that we had another doomsday story where yep. it's like mr oz put doomsday in a cage <laughs> yep yeah yeah all, all that sort of stuff it's all just like going back to like what he was famous for so i'm glad that dan waters is coming in and doing something different do you, do you think they screwed up, though, when they were going through their Rolodex? Like, Dan, Dan, Jurgen, Jurgen. Oh, crap, we gave it to Dan Waters. Well, we can't take it back now. <laughs> maybe, maybe. Some intern, you gave it to the wrong Dan, damn it. <laughs> and now Dan Jurgens and Dan Waters have to fight it out in the parking lot at 2 a.m. There could be only one Dan. <laughs> Which, which I'm assuming Waters is younger than Jurgen, so I'm assuming he'd be able to beat him. <laughs> <laughs> Just saying. <laughs> or uh, what is it? Dan Waters can just bring up Jon Stewart and Jurgens will get really pissed off. <laughs> get really bad, yeah. <laughs> yeah, he does that a lot. And I'm like, why is this man so mad at Dan's, uh, Jon Stewart? I remember reading one of his Twitter tirades. And I'm like, man, he, yeah. must really hate, he must really hate the Green Lantern. And then I'm like, oh, no, he's talking about the TV comedian Jon Stewart. Not that one. Oh, <laughs> That's that's a weird button for him. Okay, I mean, I guess we all have weird buttons. It's just funny that that comes back every so often. <laughs> uh, now, from Superman to the world of Captain America, the Steve Rogers Captain America book will actually be coming to an end sooner than we thought. It will be ending basically right after this Cold War crossover comes to a close. We're getting one final issue Captain America finale from the current creative team of uh, Colin Kelly and Jackson Lanzig. Hmm. And uh, after that, the real finale is actually Captain America number 750, which will actually be combining the Sam book and the Steve book. And I guess it's just going to keep going as Captain America after that with uh, Sam in the role to help coincide with the movie. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, I guess, yeah, we were talking about this just before the, the show started. I guess, like, yeah, Steve's maybe going away for a little bit oh, I, we, we said he's going to be in the uncanny avengers but maybe yes. he, he is going away in terms of like his own book yes his solo book is going away for a bit which again i'm sure is just you know to create more synergy 
for Captain America, New World Order. Marvel has stated where it's like, look, he's going away, but he's not staying away because, of course, he's not staying away. He's fucking mm -hmm. Captain America. And yeah, he'll be on a team book. He'll be on the Uncanny Avengers. Well, Sam will be on the Avengers Avengers under Jed McKay when that starts soon. Yeah, and I, and I said maybe, maybe he might also adopt the, uh, the Nomad name because they, they, Ooh, in, this, in this Cold War story, they keep talking about Nomad quite a fair bit. They do. And it's obviously in relation because of his son Ian is there, but I could see him take that name back. Yeah, that could happen. I'm thinking maybe do they go back to uh, Dimension Z and try and mm. rebuild it and try and undo a lot of the damage that's been done or yeah. shit? Does Steve decide, you know what, I'm going to lead the Outer Circle now with Bucky. I'm going to leave with him and go back to our home planet or wherever. I could see that. There's a lot of places they could go with it. Uh, all I know is that it's a really interesting time to be a Captain America fan where the stories have just been really, really good, and I can't wait to see what happens next. Yeah, I, I, I've just recently caught up for, for Cold War, and yeah, they've just mm. been really fantastic. Yeah, they've been knocking out of the goddamn yeah. park. I can't remember the last time we had just such a good Captain America creative team, and it comes at a time where we're having a really good Superman creative team. Now, what's up with that? Both Captain America and Superman are great at the same time. <laughs> that almost never happens, but both are, like, absolutely killing it. Now, yeah. we got two Captain America books that are killing it, too, because the Sam book is good as well. Yeah, yeah, it's cool, isn't it? It's a really cool time. I, I like liking things. I like when things are good. <laughs> now, if only Spider-Man could be good. Yeah, oh, what are you talking about? It is good. It is. Oh, yeah. 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 yeah the Miles book is amazing. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Months of entertainment. <laughs> months of entertainment. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hey, Spider-Man, even when it's bad, it's still entertaining to talk about. <laughs> they uh, that they finally explained how uh, Mary Jane got powers. That was a holdover from Dark Web. Yeah. Yeah. Magic runes. Magic Mayan runes. <laughs> Working on it for four years. Yeah. yeah. I, I still I still Worth hold it. true to what I, absolutely. I, I hold true to what I said last time. This whole current Spider-Man arc is just a bad version of that really excellent Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. run that I think they got nominated for an award for that one. Mm, yeah, the one with the space uh, guy and uh, yeah. Simmons. Yeah, Simmons falling in love with a space guy. Well, you know, uh, the man who loves her is moving heaven and earth to try and find her. And again, that that story's better because as I remember, they're like, nah, man, she's dead. Nah, man, she's dead. He's like, no, she's out there. I got to find her. I'm the only one who believes. Mm -hmm. Again, showing how that story made more sense. But I digress. We're not talking about Spider-Man blissfully. <laughs> Uh, another new Marvel book we got coming down the pipeline. Louis Simonson is returning to comics for a brand new X-Men Jean Grey solo series. Yeah, this this seems like a bit of a long time coming thing. Very. Yeah, and especially with what's going on with Jean at the moment. Yes, the, the wheels are kind of falling off everything in Krakoa right yeah. now, so I wonder what this solo series could be about. Yes, it's been fun catching up on like everything just falling apart and just mm -hmm. nothing working now and sinister controlling certain people and yeah. It's yeah, great. the the end is nigh, Mother Righteous whispering in everyone's ears, Storm controlling mo multiple votes on the council, but that's probably a bad thing. Yes, yes. <laughs> Love it. I, I love how they're really enjoying building up to everything going to hell very soon. Uh, Kurt leaving the island. Yes, yes. Because he's a wanted criminal and he's going to go be Spider-Man and probably be a more enjoyable Spider-Man. Yeah, I'm actually looking forward to that Spider-Man book. It looks pretty Same, cool. Yeah, yeah I want to read Uncanny Spider-Man too and see <laughs> what the hell that's about. 
But yeah, hey, maybe maybe they'll finally do something with the Phoenix Force now that Jason Aaron seems to be done with the Phoenix Force. Maybe this will be the story that finally brings it into the Krakoa era because it hasn't been. No, it hasn't. No. The one piece of big X-Men retinue that they have not retread. Yes, I, I'm intrigued to see what they're going to do with that. Absolutely. And also every time Louis Simonson writes a comic, that's just, you know, reason to celebrate. That's good. Yeah. It's a good reason to celebrate. Uh, some other surprising news here that we can put in the realm of I never thought this would happen again. Green Lantern, Alan Scott, headlining his first solo series for the first time in 74 years. Yes, Alan Scott is coming back for a series. Yep. As part of Jeff John's new golden age. And this this has to break a record for longest time between solo series, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I can't think of any other character. I can't think of that anyone. This has happened for. Yeah. But I also can't think of anyone more deserving from the golden age yes. to get a brand new solo series. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I like it a lot, especially, you know, in all of these other series in the Joshua Williamson stuff, uh, in this new Golden Age stuff, in uh, the JSA. They're always sure to go back to Alan and show what's going on with him and his mm -hmm. love life and his children and everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's always a lot of fun going back with him. It is. And I also like the idea, too. I'm like, yeah, we should have more senior citizen superheroes. I like that. Well, if he's anything like like uh, Jay Garrick in the recent one minute, well, like, yeah, he's a senior citizen, uh, but he ain't he ain't no like slouch. No, not at all. He can still he's, he can still hold his weight. Yeah. Yeah. He's going to slap some people with his magic ring. <laughs> uh, how's that new uh, Green Lantern book? I almost read it. But as is always the case with Hal Jordan, Green Lantern, I start and then I get scared because I know I am no expert on the last like 25 years of Green Lantern like lore. And there's yeah. so goddamn much of it. It's great. It's it's almost like a fresh restart for him. It feels a lot like uh, Top Gun Maverick. Oh, uh, in, in how sort of returning to earth, looking for a job with Car uh, Ferris air and he gets his power back there. They did something weird though, which is, you know, in, you know, the title page that has like, uh, or the credits for the writers and artists and everything. Yeah. Uh, the, the, the little like previously on is actually like required reading. Cause it explains how like the guardians went missing, the United planet mm. stepped in and took over the green lantern core. And then because of all the shit that went down with Dark Crisis and stuff, assigned all of the lanterns elsewhere out in the universe, and mm. Hal quit uh, in protest. Right. Okay. Yeah. See, I didn't know any of yeah, that. Yeah, I wouldn't have known any of that if I didn't read that. Yeah. See, because I wanted to pick it up because that certainly seemed to be the selling point of this new Green Lantern book, where it's like, look, we know there's a lot to know, but we're taking Green Lantern back to his roots. He's fighting crime on Earth. Yeah, and there's a really cool uh, Philip Kennedy Johnson backup that continues John Stewart's uh, story from Dark Crisis, that Dark Crisis tie-in. Yes, and that's what I really wanted to read too. I was really interested in the John Stewart backup from, yeah, uh, which, which is really interesting because that was originally written by Eko Tamaki, or was oh, really? go going to be. There was something I remember reading something where she was going to be in Green Lantern, yes, and then and, and then, then something happened, it, yes. and then. Uh, Philip Kennedy Johnson, I think, took Swooped over. On in, yeah. The John Stewart was meant to have his own book, but then it got yes, moved to I the backup, and then it's coming. This, yeah. And then it's coming out as its own book a little later on. Yeah, DC is is experimenting with that more and more. Like we're going to be getting a Penguin number zero to lead into the new Tom King 
Penguin series, mm. but it's actually just Chip Zdarsky's backup stories that they're collecting and calling a zero issue. Yeah, it's because weird. that's yeah, because it's required reading because that's what the jumping off point is. Yeah. Oh, hey, speaking of Tom King, uh, I guess he dropped a thing on Wonder Woman there. I guess he's giving uh, Wonder Woman a daughter now. Yeah, her name's Trinity. Her name is Trinity. She looks pretty cool. Mm. She's already fully grown, which makes me wonder, is this a time travel thing, or is yeah. Wonder Woman going to make her out of clay? Oh, we're skipping 20 years into the future in uh, Wonder oh. Woman issue 800, because that's what Tom King loves to do with these characters. Just yeah, jump straight to the future, make, you know, Batman and Selina old and Married show their daughter. Yeah. I don't, he's got something really, really fucking loves doing that. Doesn't he? He, he is weirdly obsessed with it. That is, some, yeah. that is a trick. He keeps I'm pretty playing. sure he's done that what? with Superman as well. When he's, I'm me. sure he must've, I mean, it's interesting. I'll definitely check out his wonder woman because I can't remember the last time they've put, a writer of that, you know, caliber on a Wonder Woman book. <laughs> like I, I don't always like Tom King's work, but he's been doing better recently. And I just, I just want Wonder Woman to do good. You know, she's the other member of the Trinity, yet it feels yeah. like her comics and her status quo always just kind of fall by the wayside. Yeah, I'm gonna give him this chance to write Wonder Woman good this time because he's written her before and she was not good. <laughs> no, in his Batman story, hell, she was the star of one of the worst ones. Yeah, it, it was terrible. So he's he's got a, a bit of a redemption arc to do yeah i hope he has that like chip on his shoulder too to be like all right i can do it right this time <laughs> yeah is danger street good the chat's saying they like danger street it definitely looks weird and different enough than his other stuff because it's not like all triple a superheroes it's like no. you know weird c and d list ones which admittedly he always does the best work with like vision and like mr miracle yeah i wanted to like the uh that gotham uh book he's doing Year with one. slam bradley but then he started getting into like oh it's martha wayne and all this like stuff with mothers again i'm like oh god not again <laughs> again you know as much as everyone loves tom king it feels like he plays the same tunes a lot huh yeah yeah which hey don't get me wrong lots of writers do that lots of writers love to go back to the same well there's recurring themes across so many of our favorite writers but with tom king it's a little obvious well, he doesn't tread any new water. It's always the same thing. Yeah, he's just always kind of saying the same thing. Yeah, it's a, it's a thing. But like I said, I'm gonna give it a shot. Yeah, I know people. I know people loved that Supergirl of Tomorrow book so mm, much. That, that was good. That so much to the point that they're making it into a goddamn movie. Yeah, that was good. His his Superman uh, up in the sky series was fantastic. Yeah, seems to get but the Superman get... family really well. He does again because I think he like stands where it's like no man it's all the powers of dreams and imagination and the wonderment of children man mm. his his weird dreamy logic works so much better in superman a character who basically always exists to defy logic and make the impossible possible yeah where for a character like batman where it's like no this this shit keeps taking me out of it because you keep shattering reality every five seconds <laughs> uh uh now i guess uh yeah i guess that's the news for this week everyone lots of brand new titles coming down the pipeline lots of fun stuff that you should come to expect and uh, hey fittingly enough we talked about you know how supergirl is being made into a movie before that we're getting superman legacy courtesy of james gunn who we now heard from all of his interviews this week is actually going to start shooting in january mm -hmm. or at least it was supposed to start shooting in january before the strike yeah i guess we'll we'll see what happens but i have to imagine it's probably going to be around that time yeah, so we got that coming out, and uh, fittingly, uh, now is the perfect time to talk about 
James Gunn's newest movie, Guardians of the Galaxy, Volume 3, a swan song, not only for the Guardians as we hit the third part of this trilogy, but a swan song for James Gunn's time at Marvel as he is now leaving them to go and basically become the Kevin Feige for the rival company. Yes, for DC. Yes, though, as James Gunn was also sure to say in interviews, because everyone kept saying that, no, 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 I'm not the Kevin Feige of this. I share responsibility with Peter Safran. I do the creative end of things. I'm I'm the good cop. He's the bad cop. (laughs) (laughs) I don't want anyone to get that twisted. Please send all your angry mail to him. (laughs) And not me. I'm I'm the face. I'm the pretty face with my nice glasses and my gray hair. (laughs) Uh, but yeah, so I finally got to see the movie. I saw it last night, actually. And oh man, what a what a finale, man! What a what a film! It it was fantastic, wasn't it? It really was. You know, I had heard people complain early on where it's like, oh, it's too long. Does it really need to be an hour or two hours thirty minutes? Yeah, actually, yeah, it did. Yes, yeah, it absolutely did. It doesn't feel its length at all, and man hats off and all the credit in the world he really did give every member of the team their own little arc their own little spotlight and really brought their stories to a close in a way i was not expecting while also weaving a new tale yeah yeah he 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 masterfully i don't know how he managed to do it in the time he had because how many characters are there two so many like six or seven of them and he gave them all like even craglin got his own little little piece of the story that we've seen from oh, one yeah. two and three yeah it's it's, it's great he, he gave it all all to them they all had fantastic runoffs i know obviously some of them are going to be sticking around yes and yeah. some aren't yeah uh dave batista and zoe saldana made a m- made it very clear hey we're done after this and i think it's very funny that the two green people are like we don't want to do anymore and i'm like i, I don't think you want to sit in the makeup chair for eight more hours is what I, you guys want i remember hearing dave batista's stuff and he, he seemed like really bitter about like is like no this fuck this this is the end i'm like but like did you watch the movie you had like a really great character arc and a great yeah. through line through the film and everything Again, are you mad because you have to play the dumb guy? Which is hilarious because this whole movie is about tackling that idea that Drax is just the big, dumb, strong guy on the team (laughs) and goes out of its way to be like, no, 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 no. He has more added depth and complexity than you would understand. Yeah, yeah. They they should do something with that character. Like, maybe like, oh, we'll send him to Earth and like he can combine with like that weird, like human version of drax they had for a uh, while yes. plays the, the saxophone the, the, and yeah the saxophone jazz game. well hey th- they could very well do that because uh well, well one of the perfect children that they rescue one of the ones who's on rocket's incarnation of the team later uh her name is phyla yeah it's phyla bell yeah so like yeah if they wanted to do a drax spinoff they very much could yeah yeah also hey thanks for the super chat there uh kt much appreciated always always good to see but yeah everyone kind of has their moment it's uh this is another thing too when i stop and think about the movie it's like wow this was easily the least funny of the three guardians movies but i actually mean that as a compliment not as to detract from it yeah yeah it was definitely it wasn't a joke a minute sort of thing it was very quite dark 
Yes, they yeah. they, they earned the more somber tone, I would say, in this one. And it mm-hmm. is somber, even down to the way that they use the music in this movie. Because in the other two, they built whole scenes around the music. They would have, you know, like whole big dance numbers like to Mr. Blue Sky and Come On, Get Your Love. Here in this one, they open up with the acoustic cover of Radiohead's Creep. And it's very sad. And it's all from Rocket's point of view, because this is Rocket's movie. It's it's Rocket's movie, and now the 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 Zoom belongs to Rocket because yes because like well, he he technically would have owned the Zoom longer than Quill would have had it because he would have had it that would have been the only thing he had of Quills through the five years uh, between Infinity War and Endgame. Yes. So so he would have had that like playing in nowhere and in the ship and everything, and I like that he's 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 learning the the human music. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's a very interesting torch passing moment. In fact, it's kind of foreshadowing mm. the torch passing of Captain Hood to be like, yeah, the Zune is yours. You have your own awesome mixtape. Now it's time to you know uh, sing your own songs, basically. Yeah, and and, and Ro- Rocket's mixtape is the two thousands. Yes, yeah. which is very funny. We get a Florence in the Machine song, which I will yeah. admit I'm not really hip. When it comes to you know the newer music, I my my radio dial never usually goes much past classic rock, but I do love Dog Days Are Over now. <laughs> it's a good song, it is, and it fits very well to the end of the movie because it's like yeah, we have come out the other end of our hardship. Dog Days Are Over. Yes, yes. What what a great time to celebrate and everything. Uh, yeah, I mean Rocket is the crux of the movie. He gets hurt very early on when Adam Warlock finally makes his appearance from all the way back at the end of Guardians Two. Which Christ, how long ago was that now? Oh Jesus, ages ago. Well, like I forgot when I'm like, oh yeah, that was a hanging plot thread, wasn't it? We were going to introduce Adam Warlock. <laughs> In fact, I was kind of worried, too, because, like, Adam Warlock is one of those comic characters. Where I'm like, yeah, he's kind of cool, but I can't, like, say I've ever truly loved him. No. What they do with him here in the movie is great. They give him all the powers and invulnerability of Superman, but they play him as a total jock dumbass who yeah. came out of his cocoon too early. Yeah, early. Yeah, yeah, he came out too early, which is why he's, like, he's got, like, the mind of a child. <laughs> yeah. He's just a big, dumb, ultra-powerful idiot. And they also tie in him and the Sovereign to the new villain, uh, High Evolutionary, really well, where they're like, yeah, they were this perfect society that was made by a High Evolutionary. He makes lots of societies, and they made him, so he's like a Xerox of a Xerox. Yes. So it's a health... Uh, tw- 2014, as the chat is saying, wow, that was when we saw that stinger. Oof. When he was the post-credit in 2014. Holy shit. <laughs> yeah, ages ago ages ago it, it, again in, in you know in the movie's amazing balancing act too, you know adam warlock he's one of like you know a first act uh inciting incident villain but even he goes on his whole journey to where by the end he's just a member of the team by the time the post yeah happens. yeah yeah it, well, yeah well, it's, it's the it's the whole thing of the guardians of them like finding broken things and and helping them and yeah. and and that's what they do with adam when he he's literally the last of his race Yep, loses his mother. Yeah, they love adopting strays. Yeah. Oh, no, the chat is saying actually it was 2017. Okay, that sounds more correct. (laughs) Okay. So still a long time, but not the longest time. No. (laughs) But yeah, I I love that. Yeah, because that is also like a big runner through the movie too. Adopting strays, it really comes back to this animal theme because yeah, this movie actually has something to say and actually Mm. takes aim at animal testing. It does, yes, yes. I was surprised at how much they went into it. Oh, man, it is... Uh, th- there weren't a lot of little kids in my theater, and it's a good thing, because, man, 
if you love the cute animals, they get the shit tortured. <laughs> it's pretty rough. It is. It is really rough. To where Nebula even says, this is worse than anything Thanos did to me. And I'm like, wow. And it's like, yeah, I guess that makes sense. That's why Rocket never talked about it in any of the other movies. Yeah, it was very uh, touchy when, whenever anyone saw like his cybernetics or anything. Yeah, it all makes sense now. And also like, yep, you were you were building up to that mm-hmm. for three movies. They were also building up for three movies worth of uh, Rocket eventually admitting that, yes, he is a raccoon. <laughs> yeah, well, learning like he is a raccoon because he's like bred from like, rac- I guess, raccoon DNA that he stole from Earth. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. That's another fun thing they do too at the high evolutionary. I knew when they introduced the concept of counter earth, cause it's a big thing in the comics. I'm mm-hmm. like, Oh, are we going to get his origin that he really is a dude named Herbert and he was from earth. They don't, they actually sidestep that really interestingly with a villain speech. I was not expecting when high evolutionary is like, yeah, I've been to earth. I actually think you guys have a lot of great stuff, art and music. It's a shame you people suck so much though. <laughs> And I'm like, well, that's really interesting for this kind of megalomaniacal villain, because usually they're like, oh, I am so above you, weak, small-minded humanoids. But he's like, no, human art and music is actually great. Yeah, yeah, I I love the high evolutionary so much. So much so, like, when I was watching the movie, I was like, kind of wish he was, like, the phase villain, not Kang. I know, I I know. like, Like, Jonathan Major's whole shit aside, like, he just seems like, such a more interesting villain because it's it's he really does. big stakes but it's also low stakes because it's just a high evolution you'd be like eyes oh, he wants to you know remake the universe in his mm. image or something and yeah you could do something really interesting with that and just the way uh the actor uh chuck woody awuji i believe his name is he, he it, has a hell of a name yeah, i wasn't even gonna yeah. i'm just gonna call him friends. chuck i'm gonna call yeah, him let's chuck. just call him chuck for sure his yeah. friends call him chuck for friends you see yeah he's he's just fantastic he, he steals every scene he's in like you said he is so damn good yeah he fucking blew jonathan majors out of the water that he blew the last several comic book villains out of the water like he was so good i'm like i i, I kind of have to step back and reevaluate he is more terrifying in the one scene where he's stumbling around drunk because there's a lot of friggin' drunk people in this movie than like most villains are when they're screaming and everything he taps into something so dark and primal and human like again the, the scene where he's stumbling around i'm like oh this is this is the scene in the lifetime movie when like the drunk dad beats his family and that's mm. basically what he does in that scene yes i don't i don't know about this actor's personal life but he goes to such a real fucked up place in he, that he does and the fact that like even before he starts like torturing the animals and the fact that they were able to get this on screen, he makes so many little character choices mm-hmm. that are just so goddamn interesting. There's the bit near the end of the movie when like all of his people start rebelling against him and he kills them all. Yeah. And he has this look on his face where I'm like, oh, that wasn't the first time he did that. I yeah. bet he does this a lot. He's like, oh, I need to build these perfect, beautiful things, but they always turn against me and I always kill what I create. Yeah, it's always it's like that disappointment where it's like, oh, fuck, is this not good enough again? I yeah. have to start over again. It's like a, it's disappointment, but it's like an annoyance for him as well. He doesn't care that he's like killing people. It's just an annoyance because he has to start I, again. Your imperfection annoys me and I must destroy it. 
and just like just so many fucking layers to it too like to, to escape rocket scratches up his face like a real raccoon would yeah like properly fucks up his face i, I that scene as well was like really fucking brutal like close-ups of his like fucking mouth and and just bloody, bloody and oh it's just gross <laughs> It's the bloody teeth and the fact that we find out later that he's been wearing a mask this whole time. Mm -hmm. I'm like, oh, oh, this is actually really clever. You, you strive for perfection. You want to remake everything. You couldn't even remake yourself, really, mm -hmm. because yeah. it's all a facade and it's all fake to hide the ugliness that's actually underneath. And I'm like, oh, that's really great showing, not telling. Yeah, yeah. It's And, and it was great as well because Peter, like when they started their battle, he called it a face off. And that's it, what happens to his face at the end. <laughs> there's a long running face off bit there. Also, hey, in a weird way, uh, High Evolutionary is kind of a dark mirror to the Guardians with his whole love of music because he's always listening to like mm -hmm. weird alien classical music. Yep. Will the Guardians love all their like, you know, 90s pop rock and everything and like songs that peter knew from earth that like people wouldn't respect so i think it's a really interesting dichotomy where it's like oh i'm listening to real music and you're listening to you know mass-produced drek and i'm like oh that's another fun angle there's that part part where the, the young rocket like talks about the music and he goes on like a speech house oh it's five thousand years old but like mm -hmm. rocket he only like likes the beat like the, yeah. like the sound he doesn't appreciate like the the everything the history and everything and high evolutionary doesn't like that <laughs> that that really pisses off also too the fact that high evolutionary starts out again almost as a messed up father figure for rocket we have now completed the shitty father like mm -hmm. bingo card yeah. everyone has a bad father yeah yeah <laughs> everyone has a bad father except for drax, drax, drax. who is the good father who is the good father yeah <laughs> Because yeah, he, because he's been on the opposite end of like what happens, uh, like because he had his his family taken by Thanos, uh, who was mm -hmm. a bad father and seen everything that's happened between Gamora and Nebula and everything. It's great. And the and the fact that everyone respects that, and again, they mm. dig so deep into Drax because this movie does a great job playing with character dynamics by like letting characters hang out who never do. So like this is kind of a heavy Drax Nebula thing, and Nebula who is all about you know her intelligence and you know her ability to work machines and it's like why why do we even keep you around you're just dumb and you hit stuff and mantis mm -hmm. with probably one of my favorite lines of the whole movie when she's like yeah he's dumb but he's the only one of us that doesn't hate himself and i'm yeah. like oh fuck that it's <laughs> like a ton of bricks because <laughs> yeah he's been through all this horrible stuff but he's actually like weirdly been able to move beyond it in a way and actually yeah. like learn to smile again yeah yeah it's it's shocking where it's like yeah i guess you know being the dumb guy isn't always bad <laughs> nebula got a beefed up fucking role in this she, she i think she has the most interesting arc over these three movies yeah i think she does as well yeah from villain to anti-hero to hanging out with like tony stark and the avengers for a bit to here becoming like the leader that nowhere needs in the very end i'm like huh yeah you can kind of see like where like like her rubbing shoulders with like the avengers and and the guardians and everything has like rubbed off on her I'll, I'll say movie Nebula is richer and more interesting than comic Nebula. Yeah, well, I couldn't really tell you anything about comic Nebula. Like, exactly. She's, she's just so bland. And just, like, man, Kieran Gillen just, like, absolutely uh, killing it 
in the role. Like, I mean, just really, again, going to places and bringing stuff up that you wouldn't expect. Yeah, it's, it's fantastic. And I'm glad that she's one of the ones that's going to be staying on because I would definitely like yeah. to see more of her as like oh, now yeah. leader of nowhere, part of the Guardians and everything. It'll be great. Well, now she has the perfect excuse to show up in every cameo for anything. Because <laughs> now whenever someone needs to stop by nowhere, they'll talk to her. Yeah, yeah. I guess I guess we also got to talk about what they do with Gamora. And again, they defy a lot of expectations with Gamora in this. Mm -hmm. She does come back in the movie. She comes back late, still doesn't remember any of the team. And she kind of has to, like, learn to be a guardian all over again. But ultimately, at the end of it, chooses not to stay a guardian. Yeah, I, I was actually quite surprised. I did expect her to, like, like something to happen between her and Peter where, like, mm -hmm. she would remember, like, the the original Gamora's memories or something. Or something, something, yeah. Something like that. So I, I'm really quite surprised that they did that. I, I love that they that they did it and basically said, no, they're not together anymore. You know, it's it. she's her own thing. She's Ravager. That's her yeah. family. It's a it's a bold creative choice to do right here at the end, and it's something I'm sure that only James Gunn could get away with. This idea where it's like, nah, you can't go back again. Mm -hmm. You you don't get to hit the magic reset button, which comics are oh so famous for. You can't go back, and I wonder if this also plays into the idea too that Gunn had originally planned to kill Gamora at the end of Guardians Two, but didn't get to do it because of Avenger stuff. Oh, there, there's like so much in 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 this film in particular about like where he just plainly ignores like some of the stuff that we we saw in in like those films as well as um thor love and thunder where like they yeah. they don't even mention the fact that they they had thor with them for for a time being uh, it doesn't even matter <laughs> well i mean when we start this one they're all really sad and heavily drinking so i mean yeah yeah well, and you can i actually watched love and thunder last night and you compare it to the the the, the guardians and that and it's like night and day <laughs> yeah it really is again you know guardians under gun and guardians under anyone else and again we liked love and thunder more than most people did but yeah mm. it's a completely different uh universe to see how they play out and everything also hey you're, you're talking about how gun and how some of this script felt a little autobiographical even just the major thrust of like making rocket the main character and having the villain's whole evil shtick being you know i i i i i seek creativity is the thing i am this evil monolith this space god who creates world but none of my creations are creative except for rocket but he is ugly and you know therefore has no value and does not fit in my perfect world so i must throw him away at the first yeah. sight but i if only i could steal his creativity and i'm like oh fuck james gunn are you are you talking about disney because that sure sounds <laughs> like you self-inserted yourself into this one it, it sounds and it just sounds like him in general you know he's he's a trauma guy that they're not oh, very yeah. they're not very uh they don't fit the mold. They don't fit the mold, and you never not really family hear. Friendly. Yeah, yeah, and now he's been thrust into like this giant like group of people that you know mm -hmm. that you know that in 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 Hollywood and everything, and they're they're trying to make him fit in, but he won't. Yeah, you're you're a square in a you know you're you're a round peg in a square hole, basically. Yeah is what it is and you've always been fighting and you how, how do you stay true to yourself and your art and your creativity when you're making these big studio movies and i'm like well man you you found the way to do it three times and across multiple studios so mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Be because the story of guardians is really the story of you at the same time isn't it yes yes <laughs> it's it's a hell of a thing 
and the fact that, you know, he was allowed to make this one so, you know, dark and so, you know, mature, and the fact that he got to drop the first F-bomb in a Marvel movie. <laughs> yeah, and, and it's used really well. <laughs> it is. I love how they use the F-bomb in this one, because it just comes up in, like, a regular conversation. A conversation, like, yeah. <laughs> like, like, you've been Peter in that situation. We're like, just open the fucking door. He, he yeah. didn't do it, like, disparagingly. He didn't tell anyone to fuck off or get fucked or anything. He just said yeah. it in conversation when he was uh, frustrated. Yeah, there was no, like, build-up or pause for, like, aha, uh -huh, we got a pause for the audience to, like, yeah, clap no. and laugh and not nothing like that. <laughs> It just, it served the script. Good F-bomb, uh, you know, A-plus F-bomb, I would say. Yeah, yeah, it was good. It was good shit. I really appreciate that one. Uh, man, you know, the, the action scenes in this one. I mean, obviously, the action scenes in Guardians have always been good. They've always been creative. Boy, did they save some of the best stuff yes. for last. That hallway fight with all of them together versus the, the hell spawn there. I would say that's the new gold standard for Marvel movies. It's It was pretty good, wasn't it? It's so good. It's Not only is it good, but I, again, almost feel like that's James Gunn commenting on Marvel and, like, detractors, where it's like, oh, everything's a hallway fight now, huh? Well, what if I deliver the greatest fucking hallway fight you've ever seen? <laughs> like 10 goddamn old boys and every character will be in it and they'll be doing shit and it'll be amazing how about yeah, that huh? yeah uh, yeah it, it'll look good it'll all be done in like a one shot around mm -hmm. the hallway it, yeah it, it looks fantastic and it's just like the action out of that like the um their, their their final fight with the with the high evolutionary where they all come in after rocket yeah. uh fights him is, is just great and what a beautiful cathartic moment there that you build this villain up as being the absolute worst. See him hurt our heroes over and over again. I could actually feel the entire theater I was in, small though it was, there was a collective sigh of relief of like, oh good, they kicked this guy's ass, finally. <laughs> I have never seen a theater more of people just totally get behind a guy getting the shit kicked out of him where it's like, yeah, he had that coming for the last two hours and change. I'm glad they got him. Yeah, he's definitely like the first villain, at least a Marvel villain in a while where I'm like, like, yeah, this guy's fucking asshole. Like, there's no redeeming qualities about him. He's, he is a villain through and through. It's, it's really interesting to see. I wonder if we'll see the high evolutionary you know, kind of affect future villains because Marvel's kind of had like peaks and valleys in it where, you know, you have your Lokis who are like, oh, well, what a, what a cool villain. What a fun villain because, you know, he's stylish. Everything. But you don't hate Loki. In fact, even by the second Thor movie, they were trying to make him a good guy because yeah. people liked him so much and Hiddleston was so charming. Likewise with Killmonger, where it's like, oh, he's slick and fun and cool and charming and like, <laughs> you know, half of what he says is right, at least, where it's like, we'll keep having him come back in cameos, you know, we'll have him play a part in What If. He's a bad guy, but, you know, he's not like a detestable bad guy. Mm -hmm. Even Thanos kind of wrote that line himself of like, yes, I want to delete half the universe, but, you know, I, I have ideas and thoughts. And again, even in uh, Marvel What If there, to where they play that as a joke, where it's like, even in this universe, he could have been redeemed in an alternate universe. He's just a guy who talks about eugenics a little too much. Yeah, eugenics and genocide a little too much. And no one entertains yeah. the, his ideas, yeah. <laughs> yeah, like like just a little twitch, you know, just a little twitch to the left, and he's like your wacky Uncle Thanos. Oh, Thanos. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, this is like the first one where it's like, yep, this guy utterly detestable in every way. And I wonder if we'll see them try more utterly detestable villains. I hope so. I, th this is what they need to turn Kang into. Mm, just just yeah. like an utterly detestable, like like a guy who's like the biggest hater 
in the in the in the galaxy in the multiverse <laughs> just you know yeah just turn him into a real shit heel because yeah even what a little we saw of kang he was he was given a little loki he was living mm. given a little kill yeah. longer it's like where it's like yes i'm evil but i'm also regal and fun and you know i give yeah. cool speeches and everything high evolutionary didn't have to give any speeches no no not at all he he did more with one line of dialogue but- when he's like, there is no God, but that's why I'm doing what I'm doing. The best representation of him being, like, a total, like, asshole is when, when Peter and Groot come to see him in the ship and he, like, makes them wait while he's, like, yep. filling out paperwork. <laughs> and again, I would say that's probably Chris Pratt's best line afterwards, where he's like, oh my God, I don't want to hear your story yeah. about how you want to destroy the universe because your mother didn't love you. I'm so fucking over this after three <laughs> movies. <laughs> I, I love that. And it's like, well, actually, he, it's like he is that villain, but he's not that villain. He's almost like a commentary on that type of villain. Yes, yes. <laughs> Again, just so much good stuff. And like I said, scarier when he's stumbling around drunk mm-hmm. than Kang was in all of like Quantumania. Yep. Because he felt so fucked up and real in that moment. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you, you, you never knew what he was going to do. Yeah, he comes off the screen at that moment because, like, they don't let their villains be vulnerable all that often. Well, Killmonger got to be vulnerable, which is why I think he was, like, special and everything. But he was vulnerable as a child, not as an adult. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But here to, like, have him be vulnerable. And then also, again, you know, it, it's an easy trick, but it's a trick that works. He kills all the cute animal friends. <laughs> Like shit, like you can't, you don't get worse than that, yeah. and then destroys another whole planet of like you know fun bat people and squid drug dealers. Yeah, squid drug dealers selling meth, and yeah, it's great. Yeah, yeah, I think this is the first uh, Marvel movie where they were allowed to say meth too. Yeah, yeah, true. Yeah, it was the first one where they were able to reference. Yeah, real drugs exist, everyone, <laughs> and people are doing them. Even space squids are doing them. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, that too. They actually bring back, what is it, the battery-eating creatures from 2, and they play a part in this. Yeah, yeah, they play a part in Mantis's story where she's able to, like, tame them. Which I love that there, you know, they're really... The, this one, too, gives Mantis so much to do because she's, like... It, it's really playing with the idea that I'm an empath, I feel everyone's emotions, and I'm on a team of the most emotionally unstable people <laughs> ever. It would be in, it would be brutal, just insane, yeah. just yeah, and 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 she falls on her neck quite a fair bit. In this she really does. They really play that for last. Ow, ow, ow. It's pretty good. It's pretty good. <laughs> There's a lot of neck trauma. She falls on her neck. Friggin' Nebula gets her head knocked off and has to put it back together. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> There's some, there's some really, like, fun, gross-out bits that they do here. Drax gets his goddamn head punched in. Uh, Peter gets, like, all chubby out in the vacuum of yeah. space because he's expanding. Yeah, that was great. That was, that was I, a- I, I legit thought he was going to die then. Me too. That's another thing I guess we'll have to talk about. The trailers for this, and you and I even mentioned this, you know, when we were covering the lead up to the movie, they really sold the idea that someone, maybe multiple characters, weren't going to make it out of this movie, and yet everyone actually did live at the end. Yeah, yeah. But they sure made you feel like they were going to die, though. They did, yeah, and it, it didn't feel cheated as well. Like, no. when, when, like, Rocket turned out to be okay or, like, Peter survived or something, I didn't feel at all cheated. 
No, absolutely. Hey, that leads to a great scene, too, where Peter almost dies in space, which is kind of a callback to the first movie when mm -hmm. Gamora saves him. Uh, Adam Warlock comes to save him, and the thing yeah. he does is the creation of Adam, yeah. the famous uh, painting. Yeah, yeah, it was pretty good. <laughs> which is a nice touch of, like, I'm not a space god yet, but I could be a space god soon. I could be, yeah. <laughs> I could I could be that guy from the comics, just give me some time to grow up a little. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, just so much to talk about. I mean, the soundtrack, of course, great. We knew it was going to be great. Interesting here, too, like I said, you know, the music, does. they don't build the scenes around the music as much as characters are actually listening to the songs mm -hmm. because Peter has rubbed off on all of them now. Yeah, they're just listening to it like the, uh, like Nowhere has the music blasting through like their speaker systems and everything. Yeah, yeah it's, it's just people listening to music. Yeah, which I think there's something kind of cool about that, that Peter had this weird effect on everyone to now everyone just, you know, loves and appreciates human music from Earth. Yeah. Also, too, I, I guess we can say Peter has his story come full circle because he actually decides after three movies to finally return to Earth. Yeah, finally return to Earth. His his grandpa is somehow still alive. <laughs> he's, yeah. like, he's like 90. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he, 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 he was holding on for this uh, for this reunion. He knew he had to. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's a funny joke, too, with Mantis, where it's like, you know what? You know, he's going to be like, what, 100 years old by now. Humans don't live that long. Are you going to die? What? No, I'm not like 60. <laughs> Aren't you? I don't know. <laughs> and that would be so sad, but also very funny having to explain to your alien friends that the human lifespan isn't that long. <laughs> We're, we're basically like dogs or goldfish. You better enjoy us when we're here because we have a bad habit of just dying. <laughs> like dying when you least expect it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, now it's funny too, at the end of the movie, how they normally have like the, oh, you know, oh, the Guardians will return. The Avengers will return. This one says Star-Lord will return. Yes, so, so he's going to be back on Earth. So it makes me wonder, are they going to adapt Grounded. Some point grounded, yeah. That Chip Zdarsky run, which, I mean, which was really good. And Chip Zdarsky's having a really good fucking run right now. So if you're going to adapt yeah. anything, if it's just going to be Star Lord, here's my thing. You think that's going to be a movie, or you think that's going to be a TV show? You think audiences Ooh. are going to be showing up just for Star Lord, or do you think that's more of a streaming thing, like a six episode streamer with Chris Pratt? Well, I mean, well, I mean, the story like kind of pairs him with Daredevil, and they fight. I think uh. the Wrecking Crew. If I'm remembering oh, correctly, fun. so we've uh, all set up elsewhere. Yeah, so I imagine, like, if they did like a a, a streaming of that, where it's like, ah, hey, he's going to be teamed with Daredevil. They're going to fight the uh, the Wrecking Crew and everything. I think that'd be really cool. Because it would be a good way around it. Because if like if like I'm a writer director in Hollywood right now, and Disney comes to me and they're like, hey, we want you to do the next generation of Guardians, I'd be like, fuck off. They will crucify me. <laughs> well, I, I, James has said that like he wants someone else to continue this, but he wants them to do it in their own way. As they should. Yeah. In fact, if I did that, I would be like, you know what? All different team now. Mm -hmm. Well, I like the team that, that we, we, we see teased at the end there. It is a pretty good team. Yeah, with with uh, Adam Warlock and Rocket and uh, Mantis, uh, not Mantis, uh, Groot and Nebula, and I like yeah. that Groot is like just like a giant. Yep. Yeah, it's great. He can grow to kaiju size now. Yeah, yeah, that, that that's his move. Called, that's his kaiju move. Yeah. Yeah. No Groot. No, no kaiju Groot. <laughs> <laughs> 
Also, hey, after three whole movies hanging out with the Guardians, we as the audience can now actually understand Groot the same oh, way everyone else does. Oh, such a good, like, like reveal. <laughs> yep, that they just slip it in there and they don't make a big deal out of it. It's like, yep, after all these adventures, you as the audience now too can understand. Uh, so good. <laughs> What made me laugh about that is because obviously uh, Vin Diesel does all the I am Groots even in other <laughs> languages and for like other uh, dubs and everything. Did he have to say that in like a hundred different languages? I have to imagine he did, yeah. <laughs> I bet he did. I would have loved to have been in the recording studio that day as he had to say that a hundred goddamn times in a hundred different languages. <laughs> With dialect coaches being like, no, that's not how you say it in Mandarin. You got to stretch this letter, Vin. <laughs> Oh, I'm getting tired over here. I need a Corona. <laughs> I'm going to go make Just... another Fast and Furious film. <laughs> Which apparently, uh, what is it? Dwayne Johnson's coming back for another one now. Uh, yeah, oh, geez, I wonder why. <laughs> yeah, well, to put it in wrestling terms, you know, he didn't shut his mouth or know his role, so now he's going to have to go back to the SmackDown Hotel <laughs> that that is the fast franchise <laughs> and do the job or else <laughs> you know he needs a couple more crowd pleasers under his belt for when he inevitably uh, runs for president he's probably going to do this fast in the furious movie he's going to do the wrestlemania that he probably should have done this year <laughs> well i think black adam kind of humbled him a little bit and made him realize like oh maybe i'm not the the, the like star drawer Second i was coming. like i i thought i was back when i was doing like jumanji and rampage and all that <laughs> eh, i don't think guys like that get humbled very easy you don't eat mm. that much chicken you don't eat that much raw trout and get that big to be humbled that's true that's true <laughs> I, I brother i don't need half the trout population in the world to get humbled <laughs> <laughs> I, I know we mentioned this on another episode, but it's true. The Rock eats so much he does, yeah. to eat that mass that he has to actually get involved with conservation groups to make sure that there are more <laughs> trout. He is an apex predator, predator for trout, Dwayne The Rock Johnson. <laughs> it's, it's, it's insane. It's insane. You, you know how bears eat salmon directly out of the water? Now imagine just a shirtless rock sitting there eating trout to keep that unhuman amount of mass. Oh, my God. <laughs> But of course, Dwayne The Rock Johnson is not in Guardians of the Galaxy. But you know who is? Basically everyone else that James Gunn has worked with yeah. in the last 20 years. Yeah, it, it was great seeing like Nathan Fillion actually have like a, like not a bit part, but like a, a, a decent role. With his face out where he can actually yes. show that he's Nathan Fillion. I, uh, again, I saw it in a theater and I, I shit you not, one person who was like an aisle away from me when they saw Nathan Fillion's face went, oh, the rookie. And I'm like, oh yeah, he's on TV still as the rookie, isn't yeah, he? Yeah, yeah. Oh, the rookie. I like that. That's what he's remi remembered for. <laughs> just, just, just the newest thing <laughs> yeah. he's in. Yeah, not Captain Malcolm Reynolds or anyone like no. that. It's, ah, the, it's the rookie. <laughs> Not, not Castle, not any of, like, the cult things he's ever been in. It's yeah. the newest thing he's done. I, I really wanted to tell that person. Oh, thank you, Captain Kuhn, for the donation. Much appreciated. I, uh, I I wanted to tell that person. I wanted to be like, I'm like, you know he's in other stuff, right? <laughs> <laughs> you, you know he's had, like, a whole thing? <laughs> it's it's a whole thing. I, I hope he follows follows Gun over, uh, over to DC and does some, like, uh like stuff in superman i think he'd, he'd be a good like steve lombard 
Oh, yeah, I agree. He absolutely would. Uh, we'll talk more about cameos in a second. I just realized I had live chat set to top comment, so I haven't actually been reading the super chats like I should. Uh, thank you, Captain Kuhn. He was saying a what if episode of this would be interesting. Yeah, I agree. I hope we do get more Guardian stuff. Mm, yeah. Uh, the Captain Kuhn, Adam's cocoon was in Guardians 1 in 2014. Was it? I thought it wasn't until the end of 2 we saw the cocoon. Yeah, it was in 2 because 2 was where they fought the... Uh... Fucking, what are Sovereigns they called? Sovereigns, yeah. Two is where they fought the Sovereign. KT, I've never sung during a Guardians movie, but me and my mom started singing when uh, Reasons by Earth, Wind, and Fire came on. Man, I agree. <laughs> it was really hard not to sing in that movie, but I didn't want to be a dickhead. But I'm like, oh, I know the words to all of these, and they're all so good. <laughs> that you have the most beautiful face. <laughs> such a good is good soundtrack it's so the if, they, if they ever re-release the guardians they should re-release they should release it as like the karaoke sing-along version like they would for those old disney movies <laughs> they need to they need to do like with rocky horror but for guardians where everyone sings along <laughs> i'm a space invader again so much you could just lay it down ah so good <laughs> But yeah, Nathan Fillion's a great cameo in here. Uh, James Gunn's wife, Emile Harcourt, of course, has a big role in here as like the evil meat planet secretary. Yeah, yeah, he gets like, well, she gets shot in the leg, yeah. I love she's got like the most gravest injury where it's like, they're not going to actually shoot anyone. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> well, she shouldn't have come at me so fast. <laughs> uh, Ratcatcher 1, who is the red-skinned alien woman. Yes, who, who it's obviously her because she doesn't change her accent at all. I'm like, oh, it's Ratcatcher. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, what's her name? Daniela Melchor. Yeah. Yes, who is just great and puts a lot of character in what could easily have just been a throwaway character. Mm -hmm. Sylvester Stallone gets at least two parts, which I guess we know that uh, him and James Gunn became good friends, even though he wasn't King Shark on set. Yeah, he's back as uh, Starhawk. Yeah, again, so we get, we're getting a lot of the original Guardians members here. Sadly, no Vance Astra because Ving Rhames passed away. Yeah, yeah, but we do get uh, Michael Rosenbaum back as Martin X. That's pretty good. Uh, uh, what is it? Tara Strong is actually the uh, robot head, not Miley Cyrus anymore. Yes, yes, I did notice that. But but because friggin' Tara Strong is such an amazing voice actress and such like a star mimic, I couldn't even tell the difference. Yeah, I'm fine with it. Fine with the change. <laughs> that's, that's who you hire when you don't want people to know the difference. Uh, Rooker is back for a second because we can't not yes. have Rooker. Yeah, I, I like having Yondu back for a minute. <laughs> Love having him back for a second. Uh, friggin', uh, what is it? Goddamn, uh, Bupkis boy, freaking Saturday Night Live. Pete Davidson mm -hmm. is apparently one of High Evolutionary's goons in the black goons. coats, but he, yeah. but he's only on screen for like a couple seconds. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> which I love. It's, I love that. about as long as his uh, Suicide Squad character. <laughs> Fair enough. I'm like, I, I hope this is a new thing now that Pete Davidson just gets killed in every new James Gunn movie. <laughs> and Pete Davidson is Jimmy Olsen. <laughs> it's going to get shot right in the face in the first 10 minutes. <laughs> Again. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah, the poker table scene with Craglin and Cosmo. Oh, yeah. Here's uh, what is it? Here's the owner of Troma Films. Here's Howard the Duck. Here's the freaking antique guy from the first one, Lloyd mm -hmm. Kaufman. They're all here. Yep, they're all there. I really expected uh, freaking Steve Agee to come back. And then I'm like, oh, I think they killed his character off in two, actually, when they killed all those uh, rogue Ravagers. So I guess he couldn't yeah, go back. Yeah, I'm pretty sure they did. That's fine. They could bring him back, though. I, no one would care. Just say <laughs> Jeff lived. 
<laughs> That's his character's name, by the way, Jeff. Jeff. G-E-F. <laughs> yeah. Jeff survived. <laughs> yeah, like, literally, this movie was wall-to-wall, like, everything. Everything you could ask for was in it. Like, I couldn't think of a more perfect sequel. And, I mean, I guess with the end of this one now, is Guardians the best trilogy in the Marvel Universe? I think the only thing that even would come close is Captain America. I'd say, yeah, Captain America and then probably Spider-Man as well. Yeah, that's right. The Spider-Man ones are really good, though I'm sure some people will be like, Far From Home was bad. Fucking Spider-Man fans, yeah. (laughs) Spider-Man fans, much like Kiss fans and Star Wars fans, they love everything, they hate everything, they're never pleased by anything. Yeah. Yeah, I would say the Spider-Man, yeah, that's that's the golden trilogy of trilogies. And you know what? I I would put Guardians above those two. I would say those. I would as well. I would say those are three really good trilogies, and I would say that this is the best. Th- this is one of those ones where it's like, I-, I think the third one is the best one, and that, like, never happens. It Yeah, it never really does. Usually the second one is the best. Yeah. But, yeah, it's never the third. And, like, the thir- like this one is as good as it is because it has to, like, you know, build on everything that came before, that this is the grand culmination of three movies and like this usually never gets to happen because usually they change writers or directors or you know the movie gets noted to pieces here you really get the feeling wow gun got to do whatever he wanted and it paid off dividends that's what that's what's kind of crazy about it where it's like you see this guy he, he was able to do every literally everything creatively he wanted to do and, got every and, song he wanted and, and it it made them like mil- billions of dollars you have to wonder and, too. Was this was this also like an apology? Where it's like, hey, sorry for firing you there for a little bit. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Sorry for firing you. Let's end on a good note, and hopefully, let's end on such a good note you don't go work for our competition. Yeah. Oh wait, you're actually running them now. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> well, we were gonna give you a lot of money to stay, but we can't give you that kind of money, especially because it looks like we picked the person we want to shepherd the next phase of our stuff, so we can't kick them out, so... To be fair, like, there's nothing to say that he can't do, like, something down the line. True enough. Uh, Mason W. Joel had another Dean Kane moment. Ving Rames is alive. He is? Who, uh, who passed away? Who was I thinking? Uh, you're, what's his name? Uh, Michael Clark Duncan. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. Sorry. Sorry. I, I mixed up. My they they both played Marvel characters, you know, that's true. In my defense, I'm not face blind. That's what I was thinking. No, but, but he wasn't back as a Vance Astro in this one. Weird. Yeah. I guess they could get him. Yeah, maybe. Cause, cause he's a hard dude to miss. He's like a big, massive mountain of a man in a big yellow suit. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. I mean, I guess they had a lot of other people at that point. They couldn't get him in for that cameo. Yeah. 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 Fair enough. Well, thank you for catching that, Mason, so I wouldn't feel like a dummy. (laughs) But yeah, it felt like he got to do everything in this one, and it just really shows on screen. And I'm like, man, every time someone says, and I felt the same way about Black Panther 2, but even more so about this one, for every time someone says, you know, oh, superhero fatigue is, you know, creeping in, you know, all these movies aren't going to make it that much longer. And then I see something like this, and I'm like, not if they keep making them like this, it won't. Exactly, exactly. And, it, like, the box office is showing it. It's, it's doing really well. And, yeah, if, if they can keep making movies like this, I think it would be uh, a treat. They, they, they can they can actually write the ship a little bit. Absolutely. And Gunn even said so in interviews when he's like, you know, uh, 
what is it? The, the problem isn't so much that people have superhero fatigue. It's that the audiences are getting smarter and more savvy now. And like, they know what the bad ones are. And it sure doesn't help that, you know, the movies that underperformed were movies that looked like they were going to be bad anyway. Yes. Where here it looks like everyone came out to support this one, not just because it was the last one, but also because, holy shit, it's good. Yeah, and and like case in point, you look at like Black Adam and Shazam, both of those films, you looked at like the trailers and everything like, eh, I don't know about this. They, they also had a... They also had a hundred problems, you know, yeah, on yeah. screen and off screen. And that's not to say that this didn't have behind the scenes trouble. It's just that it was righted when it was most important. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, do we have anything else to say about this one? I mean, I, I couldn't be happier with this one. I think this one was a real winner. And I think this is like a real like, yeah, that's that's one of the best of the year. This one, actually, just a just yeah. a crowd pleasing blockbuster that, you know, did everything it had to do. Yeah, no, I can't wait to watch it again. Uh, Same. Really- a lot of fun uh it, it's gotten me even more excited for gun doing superman likewise yeah like what the hell is he gonna do with that film now <laughs> yeah i mean the guy has proven he's a master of working complex emotion mm-hmm, mm-hmm. i'm ex- excited excited as well just like for the action same and also this idea where it's like, look, you know, you can, if you can believe in the inner struggle and journey of a talking raccoon, then surely you can believe that a man can fly and that he has everyone's best intentions at heart. Yes, yes. <laughs> sure, surely. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm very excited. Also, I, I really wouldn't want to be the next Marvel movie after this one, actually. What is it? It's... uh. I think it's the, the Marvels. Marvels. Yeah, but in November. I guess there's some time after that, but yeah. That's yeah. true. I mean, and also there's going to be, even though it's Sony, uh, we also got Spider-Verse in between as well. Yeah, that's true. Which also looks stunning. So I think we're going to be eating really well for the next couple yeah. months. I, I wouldn't want to be the next comic book movie coming out after this, which is The Flash. Oh, no. Oh, <laughs> no. Which comes out, I think, in about a month. I think it does, too. Well, you know, Matt, Tom Cruise said that this is what we need to be making right now my god that is right that is right he did apparently say that (laughs) he called peter saffron on the phone it's like hey this is tom cruise no your number one space pope but i just want to tell you this is the sort of movies you should be making right now yeah i am currently thirty thousand feet in my (laughs) p51 yeah Yeah. and i just wanted to call you personally (laughs) me a guy who has a stake in another studio Yeah, see, I think, you know, we hear game recognize game. I think that's crazy recognizes crazy in Ezra Miller. You just you you just have a total batshit energy you're giving off, you know, and I just I just feel it deep inside. You remind me of a young me when I was young and out of my mind. And thankfully, there was no Internet to get me in trouble. And now I'm the face of a massive, dangerous cult. And I also run a major studio (laughs) and I run in all my movies and you're going to see them because i'm basically untouchable in this industry because i'm i'm the last bankable name motherfucker <laughs> which is all sad but very true very true yeah I, god <laughs> god damn if that guy can't make a movie entertaining <laughs> yeah i know it, it's like mel gibson ah he's the worst but he understands stories yeah god tom, damn it he gets it <laughs> tom cruise he's a dangerous maniac and the last bankable star in hollywood <laughs> fuck uh do we want to talk about the new books coming out this week that people can expect sure we'll close out on that then uh you got the flash issue 799 yes yes they they just teamed up with space uh macho man 
and, and oh, they're going to nice. be fighting uh, fighting uh, anti monitor. I, I see Granny Goodness on the cover choking yes. the shit out of them. <laughs> yes. Uh, you got Batman, Superman, World's Finest, Fifteen. I have not been Oof. keeping up with this. Yeah, this is the Metamorpho Who Done It oh, story. Cool. They 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 revealed that uh, Professor Ivo and Amazo are behind it all. Mm, aren't they always? And they made like an Amazo that's like got Metamorpho powers, so he can make like Kryptonite fists and shit. Oh and, shit! Yeah, it's pretty cool. Uh, we got X Men Twenty Two. Uh, we got <laughs> all of Orchis on the cover here, and it'll be really interesting to see what happens with them because Mother Righteous basically bodied fucking Nimrod. Yeah, yeah. She assaulted him with continuity, which is my favorite <laughs> thing. He's like, "Oh God, all these things happened to me." <laughs> and it's real comic pages. She's uploading real comic pages into his head. <laughs> I forgot all of this. I forgot that I was just a guy in here. <laughs> And that my, you know, friggin' wife, love of my life, went crazy trying to save me. And this is, like, my goddamn prison that I'm in. Yeah. Uh, Wonder Woman, number 799. We're not reading it, but we're on our road to 800. I'm, pro I'm probably going to check out 800 because I think that's that leads into Tom right. King's book. Makes sense. Ooh, we got Hulk annual from David Popose. So I know you and I are going to be picking up some Hulk again. Ooh, Nice. No, no plans about who's going to do the run after this, but I, my thinking is if it's, this uh, one sells well enough. Uh, Philip Kennedy Johnson. Oh, shit, that's right. It is, God, Philip Kennedy Johnson's fucking everywhere. You turn yeah. around, I'm going to turn around, he's going to be right behind me. He's going to be hosting the show next week. <laughs> that guy must have an amazing manager or a yeah. great mind because he's got a fucking pitch for everything. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we got Superman number four. Nice. We got Miles Morales Spider-Man 6. This is the next part of Carnage Reigns. Nice, nice. Which has actually been pretty solid so far. Uh, Titans number one. We got Ooh, the first yeah, big yeah. debut of this book. Nice. <laughs> I can't remember the last time people have been so excited for a Titans book. I know, it's insane, isn't it? Yeah. Oh, shit. Jed McKay's Avengers number one also comes out the Hot same damn. week. Hot damn. God, two big team books in the same week. Yeah. Is that even legal? <laughs> Apparently so. Uh, Captain America Sentinel of Liberty 12, again, the continuation of Cold War. Uh, Guardians of the Galaxy 2, which, again, everyone's got a lot of Guardians on the mind. Yes, yes. Uh, Superboy, Man of Tomorrow 2, Star Wars Bounty the, Hunters 34. Man of Tomorrow was out this week. I, oh, the, 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 the whole release for that is weird. I think it's like digital first, then... Because it was a round robin yeah, book. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, you already covered it. This is the physical yeah. release. My bad. Yeah. Uh, oh, Batman Brave and the Bold, number one from Williamson. Fuck off. Really? Oh. That's this week, too? Jesus Christ. God damn. We're getting a lot of good number ones. Fuck me. Uh, Red Goblin, number four, which is not a continuation of uh, Carnage Reigns. The next one will be. What? That's been yeah, really I, sense. yeah, I know, right? Well, it's actually, it looks like Red Goblin fighting Gold Goblin on this one. So we got to deal with that one first. Uh, okay. Uh, Cyborg number one, which I will admit is yes. a really cool looking cover. Yes, I'm, I'm really looking forward to this. Yeah, I was kind of interested in this one too, actually, which is weird to say because it's like, when was the last time anyone was interested in a Cyborg book? Yeah. I, I want him to do well. It's also written by uh, Morgan Hampton, yes. who of course uh, did some other books you'll know. Uh, uh, they were in the uh, DC Power a Celebration. Mm -hmm. I, I think this is their first time uh, putting them on like a big main title. Yes. But yeah, that uh, that one should be good. That one should be interesting. Uh, what else do we got going on here? God, there's a lot of fucking books this week. Oh, hey, The Vigil number one, Matt. Remember The Vigil? No. <laughs> I, I, know, I know who they are, but yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah which is a thing people will be saying years from now. Remember The Vigil? Nope. Yeah, yeah. I know. I think that um, 
the Spirit World book came out, and I like heard yes, last nothing week. about it. <laughs> yeah, not a good sign. You you guys did a bad job promoting this. Yep. I'm sorry, yep. but you did. What happens when you just dump it in the back of like a Lazarus Planet book that no one's fucking yeah. reading? <laughs> yeah. Hey, you see that Dynamite is doing Disney villain books now? Oh, really? Yeah, they did one for Scar, which I actually picked up and never read, but I meant to. And this week they're doing Maleficent, number one. Oh, that's pretty cool. That's a cool idea. Disney villains are pretty fucking cool. Yeah. Uh, what else we got going on? Oh, you got your Star Trek Echoes. Is that the one you've been reading from IDW? No, no. That's a different oh, one. Different ones. There's, there's, like, there's like a dozen Star Trek books going on it's, at the moment. It's hard to keep track of them. There's a lot going on. I think I think that's everything from this week. But boy, boy, what a big uh, big week. It's going to be way more number ones than I thought. Yes, yes. I think you're, we're in, it's the summer. It's the, that's the, true. The summer of symbiotes. It's, it's, it's the starting. summer of symbiotes. It's not just any summer. <laughs> Which, here's the thing. I thought all these summer of symbiotes books would be connected. They're actually not. Oh, really? They're actually not, because 2099 is fighting Carnage in the future right now. There's that extreme Venom book that's starting. They're actually not connected, as far as I know. <laughs> that, that Misery book came out, but also had nothing to do with Carnage Reigns. It was just connected to another thing that was happening in those books. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, I was shocked, too, to realize it wasn't connected. I mean, it's good, though. You're getting a lot of big uh, symbiote-centric stories this cool. summer, but I don't think they're all connected. Cool. <laughs> yeah. All right, then. I mean, I think with that, we can start, uh, what is it, winding the show down. Thank you, everyone, for coming and showing up. Thank you, everyone, who super chatted. As always, it means a lot to us, uh, especially, too, you know, because you're coming and watching us live, which is one of the best ways to actually see our beautiful faces and hear us talk. Uh, without that, you know, you'd have to become a patron, which we try and get the show up as soon as possible. Uh, we got it in two tiers there in video and audio. We're always sure that it's, you know archived there uh, for everyone else the show drops wednesday on all the regular podcast channels and be sure to keep your eyes peeled to the channel because matt also makes up some shorts for us which uh they surprise me because some do really good <laughs> it, it, yeah it's like a fickle thing i know exactly what you mean you'll do some that like one week will do really well then you'll do one that's similar and it won't it's strange it's weird it's it's a weird numbers game but yeah. uh, thank you so much for everyone who watches it you know it's yeah. a big deal yeah yeah, yeah. So thank you, everyone, and we hope you all have a great night. Matt and I will be back again next week talking about what? We don't know, but we'll be doing it. Yeah, probably all those new number ones. <laughs> yeah, probably all those fucking new. Yeah, well, yeah don't miss next week, everyone, because you'll want to hear that. <laughs> all right, everyone. Bye-bye. Yeah.